As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And I am back with the regulars. Please welcome Chad. So. And Chris. It's like we never left. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's been so, Feels long. Like, it's been so long. I don't know, Chris. You made it feel like about 25 hours for me and Chad, so I don't know. <laughs> but Man, out there, you know. I got to say, Josh, real quick, it is good to actually be doing uh, these podcasts with you lately because I know you've been busy and stuff, too. So it's good to hang out with you again. Just yeah, I to, can't remember. I got to say it's been nice. Yeah. Podcast together. When was that? October? Two, three, Beginning three? of October. Yeah. When we did, we sat down with Alan and Will. Yeah, that was the last time we, we did But you one. missed a really good conversation with those guys, too, Josh. They missed For you. Christmas, I, I realized that was, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> There was no getting anything done at that point in time. So <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should get those guys on if I can figure out a way. And we should have a conversation about Barbarian. Because I know they're into that one. So I guess oh, that man. was... Can you imagine the stuff we could probably come up with that? Whew. That would probably be a fun conversation to have. Right? Oh, man. But for today, we're going to be talking about... Our best new discoveries, movies that we discovered for the first time this year that came out in well, another year, possibly last year. from our bosoms, just like in Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So, I guess I'll start off by asking this, and, and Chris, I think this is going to lean more towards you, because Chad keeps his watching habits to a minimum, but... Gotcha. What did you find yourself watching more of this year like i know october you do a lot of first time oh, yeah. watches with horror yeah but throughout the rest of the year what do you felt like you lean towards or what uh well you know this is kind of surprising but i really got into some of the limited series stuff so it would be um like for example watch that Dahmer limited series that was on netflix i end up watching the and we discussed about it, I think, previously in a podcast. But there was that limited series with Renee Zellweger. That was also a true crime story. It was a limited series. I forget the name of it right now, but I just got into that. And then recently, it's been that Welcome to Chippendales hmm. uh, storyline as well. It's on here. So I have to say it's been the limited series stuff lately. Not necessarily a whole lot of movies. So that's kind of my fault for doing that. But... <laughs> Um, and then if it wasn't that, then there was actually, you'll find on my list that I'll go over to, there's a few, at least classic, uh, films that I've included in here as well that just kind of, I was like, oh, wow, this is a, amazing. I really love these movies. <laughs> so yeah, so th- I guess that's probably been some of the stuff I've gravitated towards this past year. Okay. So as usual, most of my list, well... I tried to limit how many I put. I could have made a whole list just based off oh, episodes sure. we did this year because I'm normally being introduced to new stuff that way. 
And I do have a few on here that were previous episodes, but I tried to limit. In fact, I think I only have two on here that were previous episodes. Luckily. Kept that nice. to a minimum. I'm curious what those are. So, no, I'm actually pretty excited to hear that. I have I have other ones that are on my almost made it, but I wanted to vary my list a little bit. Chad, what about you? Anything as far as your viewing habits go? Well, I have to say, my viewing habits this year have been kind of uh, a little lackluster. Um, I've mainly been reading a lot this year. Oh, okay. Because, um, as you can see behind me, I've got so many books. Oh, yeah, Chad, that's a lot of books <laughs> that's for a lot of other books. people. <laughs> for me, anyway. Um, for the audio listeners, he has a shelf full of a bunch of Comic book omnibuses? Omnibuses, <laughs> yes. Omnibuses. Oh, well, okay. Uh, they're pretty novels. high. Oh. Pretty high. Saying well, it touches this like 14-foot ceiling here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know I've been watching a lot of um, TV shows, like a lot of uh, sitcoms. That, oh. Yeah, that's, I usually put those on for, you know. Like noise like for me or something. Yeah, at the end of the day same. And stuff like that. So, yeah, I watch a lot of like older sitcoms. Yeah. Like, you know, Golden Girls, Mama's Family, Designing Women. <laughs> a lot of the women's shows. <laughs> a lot of the women's shows. Uh, you know. For me, it's been lately Mom. I mean, yeah, I know I you've just, been watching I've Mom been loving that. That's a good I just love that show. Episode, uh, good uh, series. Okay. All right. So I say let's, let's kick it off. I think... Let Chad kick it off this time. What is your number 10 best new discovery from this year? You know what? Um, it is... Oh, Bahubali. Uh, which is a... Uh, it's, not a it's not a Hindi film. It was dubbed in Hindi. Um, I think it was uh, shot originally in Tengali Ting, Ting, or something. I can't remember the, the language right. In Tamil, I think, was the uh, original language that it was shot in. But yeah, uh, I, I kind of watched it because I remember seeing some things about it on social media. Um, people that had was like show, who were showing clips. I'm like, oh, this movie's wild, you know. Um, so yeah, I watched it. It was a long, it's an epic film. Um, I know it's a two-part. I haven't seen the second part, but I've seen Bahubali, the beginning. And it's like a three-hour film. Um, but just beautifully shot, of course, like, you know, any, you know, big Indian uh, production um and uh you know it's got you know musical numbers in it (laughs) and uh you know it's got these really like outlandish outrageous uh um sequences action sequences to it and stuff so it's just really fun fun film so came out in 2015 so there we go Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I do have the years for these since they're not all New Year this year. All right, Chris, what do you have as your number 10? So for my number 10, I have the 2021 Candyman because I had not mm. seen that one when it came out. I meant to, but I just mm-hmm. never got around to it. But um, I actually ended up enjoying it. I think it was, it's another one too that feels a little uh familiar because of the first film like where the first film felt also a little elevated kind of horror because that's like the new term now you know and a sorts of a new horror. subgenre <laughs> of horror but i like that it also carried from what was the first film 
and now like 20 plus years later <laughs> for it and and the world is so different now compared to what it was back then and yeah i just i don't know i i enjoyed what they did with this one it was actually really good i didn't i did not mind it. i think it was something um it made sense i think for a sequel hopefully hopefully that gets across well for people but because i can't get the right words i want but to me it just made sense for a good sequel okay yeah i did watch Candyman last last year when it actually had come out so i saw it then i liked it i think i, I really want to go back and watch the original Candyman and then watch mm-hmm. it right behind it in yeah close proximity so that i can fully appreciate it yeah that makes but, sense yep i can see that and yeah. i think it would actually flow pretty well I think so too. It it's been too long since I've seen the original Candyman, and that that's an absolute classic. So it is, and you know the crazy thing is too. I still sit there and remember how, really, the first time seeing it. I think we were maybe in high school still at the time because I remember it was at your place, Josh, and we were all hanging out and all that stuff. And that movie actually scared me. That was one of the first horror movies to really scare me to death. Just after watching it, I don't know what it was. I was just. <laughs> terrified of it i actually had to end up watching it like a disney film after that <laughs> i had to be like i need something good now <laughs> i feel like we weren't in high school yet though i don't think we were in high school yet when we were we not that. in high school okay i don't I think, just, so. I think we were like younger we may have That's what it, I actually, it actually scared me yeah yeah so good i still remember playing that Candyman prank on you guys actually in the bathroom that yeah. <clears throat> oh, i totally forgot about that now <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what i can't remember is if i played the plank played the prank because i know words jeez words are hard yeah really words are hard for me sometimes Damn English. But I, I can't remember if i played that prank like just knowing about Candyman and not actually having seen the movie yet i don't know that we'd watched the movie yet when i did that prank but well i mean prior to that movie i didn't know you had to do it five times i kept thinking maybe it was like bloody mary where i think you do like three times is that right bloody mary possibly i don't remember but i'm going a completely different route for my number 10 and i'm going with a rom-com that i did not expect to like didn't really want to watch to be honest (laughs) but I told the wife I'd sit down and watch it with her the one night, and we did. And this is from 2020. I think it premiered on Netflix. I know that's where we watched it, and it's called Holiday. Starring Emma Roberts. I can't remember the guy's name, but they basically meet up, and they decide to be each other's date on all the different holidays. So it's set up as a Christmas film because it starts on Christmas. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it it goes through each of the holidays i mean valentine's and And st patrick's day and of course like the last the last act becomes typical rom-com stuff but getting there as they're going through all the other holidays Mm -hmm. getting there it's actually really funny and well set up and i laughed quite a bit so i enjoyed it enough to make the 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 bottom of this list anyway so no that says a lot (laughs) that says a lot about the movie for it to make your top 10 though yeah yeah (laughs) number nine number Number nine nine. uh so i'm a little late to the party on this i've only seen bits and parts of the movies throughout the year um because honestly it would kind of gross me out from what i saw (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but Chris actually took me. They were doing a, a retro horror thing at a movie theater close by, so we actually went to go see it. Um, that is Reanimator from 1985, starring Stuart Gordon. No, he's a no. Sorry, directed, directed by, by Stuart Gordon. Directed <laughs> by Stuart Gordon, yes. And, Starring uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, Jeffrey Combs. That's yes. what I'm thinking of. And yes. Barbara Crampton. I remember, yeah, I remember. I remember you meeting Jeffrey Combs. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you weren't there actually when I first met him. You know where? You know where I met him and Barbara Crampton? It was at a Spooky Empire many years ago. It was where I was going back to college, and I traveled to Orlando by myself for that oh, weekend. Wow. Oh, I remember you telling me about that trip. Yeah, yeah. That's where oh. I actually first okay, met them. Yeah, okay. And that's where I also met the Killer Clowns guys and oh. all that. And uh, Clive Barker. Oh wow! Was, nice. it the, was it the roommate guy that you met at? Um, Which one? Sorry. The roommate guy, uh, not Herbert West. Clowns? Oh, but in... no, because you know what? He it's rare that he makes con appearances. I feel like I'm. But there was to meet um, somebody from that. He was supposed movie. to show up. For a con that yeah. one time, and I really wanted to go. Was I think maybe during a pandemic or something? Oh. But yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, no, it was a fun movie. It was great. I enjoyed it a lot. It wasn't as bad as like in my mind because I was like always thinking it was like gross. Because I mean, it, is, it, is, it has some gross stuff to it. But you know, I always thought it was like this, like you know, <laughs> gratuitous, gory kind of. But no, it was actually it was really it was fun. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, the pace of it was really good. I stayed engaged the whole time. So. Yeah, and what we saw was the integral cut too. So this included well, what was fancy. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is what included <laughs> some of the deleted scene stuff that you. Oh wow! Cut. And I consider the theatrical cut better, okay. way better. But because some of the stuff that's in there is not necessary. Um, but yeah. um. But yeah, we I couldn't believe I saw we and I was happy with that one too, Chad. That was like one of the best because I finally yeah, I saw one Chris of my was like favorite films of all time like on a, the silver like screen. Child yeah. on Christmas. And I was just gonna like, say there, yeah, with Beetlejuice. So yeah, we saw yeah. Beetlejuice too, like a couple weeks beforehand. That was really fun. Yeah. Okay. Although I missed out on the crow, they were playing the crow like a couple weeks after Reanimator, but I didn't make it to that one, and I was kind of bummed about it. So oh, yeah, that would have been nice to see on the big screen too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, reanimator. Chad finally joined finally, the club. Finally, finally joined the club. <laughs> That's still shocking that you hadn't seen that. Like that, that oh, kind of blows my mind. It but does, right? Casual, I know. <laughs> I thought he had seen it too before, but I mean, the only I, thing I, I ever idea. knew really about was just if, like some scenes when I would catch Chris watching it or something, or which was like, just usually the wacky guys talk about it or something. Stuff. But I've never actually seen the movie like from beginning to end well man that's so. the charm of ram it's like it's has its moments where it's serious but then it's just wacky mm-hmm. and over the top and theatrical but that's just like the intent of it i think that makes it it's it's now charm watch, and it's beauty uh, so right reanimator <laughs> it's fun i don't think it's as good as the first one but it's good i just remember the the lady like tearing her own head off <laughs> oh no that was her heart but her head does fall because you know or something. Um, I just remember like some lady's head just like stretching yeah. up and falling off her body or something. Yeah, it's the and whole she's, like, um, screaming and pain and agony. Tissue and rejection like, thing. Ugh. Yeah. The organs were all like rejecting each other at that point. So <laughs> she was falling apart essentially. <laughs> but she did tear her own heart out. She's like, yep. Is this what you want? <laughs> <laughs> that was Catherine Kinmont, I think. Oh, yeah. Who was uh in a bunch of well known stuff too. All right. 
Yeah, sorry, we're going on. Go ahead, Josh. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, it's my turn, turn right? <laughs> my bad. My number nine, I chose uh, The Women, 1939, oh, the original. I had, I remember, well, me and you, I think, saw it one time when it was on the, TV. The we remake. saw, like, that remake yeah. that was in the 2000s. But I've always heard about the original 1939 version. And so I finally got to see it and it was really good it exceeded my expectations it was one of those probably one of the only films at least back then that had an all-female cast there was you didn't see any male cast in there you always heard like the male characters referred to perhaps but but it really centered around these women here who were kind of telling their story and in particularly these two characters where they were one was a wife and then one was the mistress and who's played by Joan Crawford and one of her, you know, early days before she became like the Joan Crawford, we know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great movie recommended as well. Uh, it's one of my classic cinema one, you know, mm-hmm. I told you I've been watching lately. All right. Sounds good. I have not seen that. So I haven't seen the remake either. So there you go. <laughs> well, you're not missing much from the remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, has, it has its moments, but yeah, 39 version is the way to go. Okay. All right. For my number nine, going back to 1984, rock and roll fable known as Streets of Fire. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah. I've you not know, seen that one, but I'm familiar with it. I, I just recently watched this within the last month, but man, it's it's really good. I wish it had a couple more songs because they're really good, but yeah. the music that is in it. <laughs> Michael Pear, Pare, the guy from Eddie and the Cruisers. I don't know how you say oh, his yeah. last name. Okay. He stars in it. You get a young Willem Dafoe. He's the leader really? of this. Yeah, he's the leader of this biker gang. His name's is Raven. Is dick in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Check out our previous episode to understand that <laughs> reference. <laughs> but no, and then you get a, a very young, oh my goodness, a very young Diane Lane. I think they said she's like 18 in this movie. Like she's oh, wow. super young. Yeah. Well, wasn't this, uh, this was one of the movies you had on a poll, right? That we At one point. Show. Yeah. Cause, and I hadn't seen it. I just randomly picked that one and it was fighting for a little while and then it got push down but I, I finally was like well i'm just gonna watch it on my own and uh, hey i'm glad i did because i ended up making the list so yeah streets of fire Dang. number nine is it streaming anywhere too do you know or just mm, out of curiosity uh, not, not without paying not not without paying for it okay gotcha oh shoot well chad what's your number eight man uh my number eight is uh it's an anime film a very sweet anime film nice uh called oko zen and um it's it's about this little girl who loses her parents in a car accident and so she ends up going to live with her grandmother uh at her grandmother's onsen which is like a hotel spa thing Mm -hmm. kind of thing in japan and uh her grandmother is basically training her to become a successful like onsen host and stuff like that. And so like the whole movie is about this little girl sort of learning to cope with her loss and learning to cope with her new life with her grandmother and all this other stuff. So anyway, yeah, heavy stuff, but it's really sweet. It's really, it's really nice. There's a lot of, you know, 
wonderful messages about loss and grief and it sounds like Chad got emotional. On. It was a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Hey, that's a good thing. You don't see Chad for doing so much. <laughs> so, yeah. Oko's in. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Netflix. And oh, okay. uh, so yeah, check it out. Well, I guess that would be my turn. <laughs> uh, so for me, I said uh, Deadly Friend, 1986. You've never yeah. seen that? I had never seen it wow. until this year. Dondrous. Never seen it until this year. Yeah, so I had actually ended up getting the, you know, the Scream Factory Collector's Edition. So got it, watched it, and I was pretty amazed by it. I thought it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, there's some effects in it where you're like, Okay, that's just weird, <laughs> but it, it still works. It still has a good charm to it, and actually, the story is pretty darn emotional for what it is as well. So, I I guess you know, if any if anything, I was really impressed with the the performances in that. I think they did a good job with really making you invested with the characters and really feeling really feeling for that. Uh, that whole storyline so it was good i enjoyed it a lot of fun okay i'd have to revisit it i really only remember the basketball scene and that's just because you see it all the time so oh yeah there's a lot more into it than the basketball scene. that's for sure yeah yeah all right my number eight from 1977 rolling thunder you guys heard of this one no, but it sounds awesome, though. <laughs> Just the title <laughs> sounds awesome. Just the title alone. <laughs> sounds like a country song. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is a revenge flick starring William okay. Devane and Tommy Lee Jones. They're coming back from, I want to say Vietnam War, but they're coming back from war. I can't remember. And William Devane's character. There's some other shit that happens before the revenge aspect even kicks in that caught me off guard. The revenge aspect takes a little bit long, but of course... It's a revenge movie. So what happens? Wife dies. Kid dies. He ends Shit. up getting his his hand put in a garbage disposal. Ooh. Yeah. Like that it gets pretty. Right it just makes me not want to. I know, right? Like, uh, <laughs> always get nervous at those scenes when it happens. You know, when yeah. someone's trying to force a hand down the garbage. Yeah. Disposal. <laughs> well, this one isn't just a forcing. This one happens. He ends up sharpening his own hook, making him a hook hand, and he sets out for revenge and. Eventually, he gets Tommy Lee Jones to come help him out through some stuff. So, nice. okay, I can dig it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I sat down with the father-in-law, showed him this. I was like, well, I've been wanting to see this. This is the kind of movie he'd like, and uh, we both enjoyed the hell out oh, of it. So, What year was it, too, Josh? 77, 1977. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're early Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is pre-Coal Miner's daughter, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So, yeah. Because you know what? Young. The only other thing I could think of pre- coal miner's daughter was uh there's a movie that he did the i think it's called eyes of laura mars perhaps oh eyes of laura mars yes yeah, i've heard of it i haven't seen one, it it's pretty fun as well and him and um faye dunaway oh, okay uh so that's the only thing i could think of pre coal miner's daughter like early tommy lee jones Anytime i think of a tommy lee jones i always just think of this is my happy face. Yeah. yeah. Did you know what he, to me, even in Coal Miner's Daughter, he still looked old yeah, in that He still looked old, right? Yeah. So he just kind of... always looked the same. It kind of makes you wonder if he was born old. <laughs> old faces. He just always people, had the old like face. Dick Tracy yeah. old faces. You know? What if he came out and, uh, you know, was born from his mom? He's like, this is my happy face. <laughs> uh, all right, Chad, number seven. 
Number seven for me is a 1993 film called Arizona Dream. Stars I like that film. Johnny Depp, Jerry Lewis, and Faye uh, Dunaway. Faye Dunaway, and um, oh yes, I know you're talking about. Oh my God, the girl, the, the yes, actress lady that plays the daughter. Oh man, <laughs> she's oh, man. famous too. Eleanor. She's like everywhere, everywhere. She's in The Haunting. Yeah, she was in The Conjuring. She was... Oh, Lily Taylor. Yes. Yes. I was like, I was thinking Eleanor because that's what she plays yeah. in Haunting. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So it's got those got those uh, people in it. Basically, it's about this this young fellow named Axel uh, who gets uh, summoned to his uncle, played by Jerry Lewis, uh, who's getting married in Arizona. To Faye Dunaway, right? No, he's getting married to a woman that's like the same Wait, age half as Johnny his... Depp. Okay, yeah, <laughs> half his age, that's right. <laughs> but it's a ruse to get Axel to come take over the family business because Axel, like... There's this whole backstory about his uncle feeling responsible for the death of Axel's parents. So his uncle feels a responsibility to take care of and to look after Axel. And so he wants Axel to take over the family business, which is basically being a Cadillac car salesman. That's right. Um, And Axel's like, I don't really want to fucking do this. I don't want to be a goddamn (laughs) car salesman, blah, blah. But, you know, he promises on He's like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, I'll try it out, blah, blah. And then while he's there, like, on his first day or whatever, he meets these two, like, really eccentric women. Oh, they're mother and daughter, right? Well, kind of. Or stepmother and stepdaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Faye Dunaway and Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor. And, like, their dynamic is just so fucked up. <laughs> that dinner scene. The, the, the dinner scene. Oh my god, it's crazy. And so it's just like you know him, like trying to pursue this relationship with the mom, and then he's got yeah. this complicated thing with the daughter going on. And oh, it's so it's, it's so, so surreal. It's, it's such bizarre. a surreal film, but it is it's it is really entertaining though. It's one of those movies too that it never really got so much of a release in the states. Uh, um. Mm. It was, I don't know why it was such a difficult film to release here in the States. Because I think even it was like, may it took a couple of years or so or a few years after it was made to finally kind of get a release as well. So I'm not really exactly sure what the complications were behind that. But it's a nice, if it's uh, something you guys have not heard about out there in the uh, film world or something just go see it it's actually pretty fun it's uh unique it definitely yeah. <laughs> it's a little bizarre but it makes sense it's for also a, a young, a good word you know you got it. a young johnny depp in there too and i think he was still in his yeah. 20s maybe at the time yeah. and so yeah. you can watch yeah. it on canopy it's on canopy so you know check oh, out okay. the library see if your library um has access to canopy so yeah, because I hadn't heard of this, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a that it's a dinner scene is worth it though. Movie. Yeah, like, you would just <laughs> yeah. be like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Chris, hit it. Right. So my number seven is uh, this took me years to finally see it, but The Hours, two thousand two, mm. uh, yeah. with uh, Nicole Kidman, which she won her Oscar for in that movie, Meryl Streep, and. Um, Oh my gosh, why am I losing uh, her name now? Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, thank you. <laughs> Takes place in three three different time periods, all surrounding pretty much 
like this the same story or story of like virginia wolf who nicole kimman plays and you know the these two other women with their lives but yet it's also connected which is interesting and i didn't realize too that alice and janney is in this movie and she played meryl streep's lesbian lover which i did not know about uh ed harris is in the movie as well so yeah it's a nice little drama flick and really good now i can really see why also nicole kimman got her oscar for the role it's very different and she looks different just for the simple prosthetic of the nose you know right yep so it was it was well done very good job i liked it okay this one i have not seen so i know about the prosthetic nose but that's about all i know so you would not think it's nicole kimman in a way just for oh, some I know. reason you think, i remember like, seeing the images an actress but yeah no. They, so they did a good job. All right. My number seven, I'm going back to 2010. And this is The Town. It's our Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner. Oh, yeah. I remember that movie. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while, but I remember that movie. <laughs> yeah. First time I ever sat down to watch it. And damn, this, this was, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a typical bank robbery type flick. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're career robbers. But. One, they're trying to rob Fenway Park, which is one of the most prestigious baseball stadiums that everyone knows. But two, you got to watch this for Jeremy Renner's performance. This may be the best he's ever been. He is unhinged. He had a lot of acclaim for that movie, didn't he? A lot of acclaim for it? Mm -hmm. Probably. I would would think so, because his performance is fantastic. He is a loose cannon in ever since the last So. It's worth it to watch for him alone. And of course, it's about Ben Affleck. He's trying to get out of this business and do one last heist. You know how the, the, the stories yeah. go. And like I say, in a lot of ways, it's typical in that form. But it's highly worth watching. I was I was impressed with this one. So, yeah. Nice. The town. All right, Chad, number six. So, number six for me is um, it's a film that came out last year. Um, I finally saw it this year. It's uh, Nobody, starring Bob oh. Curtis. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a great movie. I loved it a lot. And, uh, you know, I was surprised when I saw Christopher Lloyd in the movie. And I, I remember watching the movie and I was like, man, I'm going to be so mad if, if Christopher Lloyd dies in this. <laughs> he's like this poor old man sitting at this, you know, uh, retirement home or whatever. But no, it was really great. It was fun. You know, it's one of those like, you know, ex- you know, mercenary spy type movie, you know, where he kind of gets sucked back into his old life. And, um, oh man, like the, the bus fight scene with the Russians. Yes, that's what I was thinking of the bus fight scene. That was brutal. (laughs) But, uh, no, it was a fun movie. Yeah. So nobody, one of my favorites. That's my favorite. (laughs) I I watched that one last year. That one was great. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. uh so my turn i guess and my number six is the dressmaker 2015 um this with, one uh, kate winslet kate winslet mm-hmm. okay. uh it's uh australian film it's now i may say 2015 but i think it came out like a, maybe a year after or something like that um but it has where kate winslet plays this basically a pariah of this small Australian town who comes back to the town. Her mother, who's played by the amazing Judy Davis, Australian actress, um, 
where their relationship is kind of estranged. And so Kate Winslet kind of ends up, because she's kind of seen as like someone who was a murderer, which isn't weird, you know? So the town is kind of like, ooh, you know, get her out or whatever. Lizzie Borden of town. Yeah, (laughs) but she actually kind of ends up helping the town, helping like some of the townspeople out. And she makes these really great dresses, and it's a dressmaker. Um, and then she kind of gets her revenge in a way for what the town did to her. So it's really cool. And it's also got, um, gosh, one of the brothers, uh, one of the Hemsworth brothers. I forget his name right now. I'm guessing Liam. I think it's Liam. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so awesome movie. Good one. I think that one, you know, also did pretty well for like international awards and stuff like that. Kate Winslet is great in this one as usual because she's just a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got some great funny parts in there. Like Judy Davis is just uh, a spitfire. And she's a character who's also stuck in a wheelchair, I think. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, good one. Good movie. I recommend it. All right. My number six going back to 1981 Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. No, it's, it was originally a TV movie, I think. I, and yeah, and watching movies like this, I'm like, what were they, these TV movies when I was growing up? I don't remember getting right? TV movies like this. <laughs> but yeah, it's about a man played by Larry Drake. I guess you would call him a simple man, a simple-minded man, if you will. And there's an accident that happens with him and a little girl that he's friends with. The town already looks at it as weird because the little girl yeah, befriends mm-hmm. him. And an accident happens, and these guys go get their own revenge on this man. And then it turned out the accident, he... And it's one of those, like, even watching it, I, it, it immediately took me to Frankenstein, because it's one of those where he was trying to do something that he didn't fully understand, and an accident happened with the little girl. Yeah. You know, it wasn't him being malicious or anything like that, but the townspeople didn't like that, and these four old country boys get together, and they go take care of it on their own and and then it turned out the accident wasn't even nothing bad because the girl's fine but too late they've already decided to kill this man and then things start happening with this scarecrow out in this field that he they are they're always in and it goes from there so i'm not gonna say any more than that nice it's a nice scary story we'll put it that way like it's it's it feels like definitely a halloween story and and from my understanding too i think was it many years later? There's a sequel now to it. I've heard that. I have not seen that. I've not seen it either. Yeah, I think it's on maybe on Prime, but maybe this one was on Shutter. I don't know if it's still there, but it was on Shutter when I watched it. So, Christian, you got that that's cool that now. you put that one on there, Josh. That's a good film. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was surprised by how much I liked it. So, all right, Chad, final top five. All right, so uh, my number five pick is a French film. From the year 1995, called The City of Lost Children. Okay. Directed by two guys. There's uh, Mark Caro, I think is his name, and then uh, Jean Pierre Genet, uh, who American audiences may know him because he directed Alien Resurrection. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but basically, this movie, it's a dystopian film, and it's a surrealist film bizarre film it's about this uh, 
like mad scientist guy who <clears throat> as he's gotten older he's lost the ability to have dreams so he kidnaps children um and attempts to steal their dreams in hopes of slowing down his aging process oh wow and he ends what up concept. kidnapping this one kid because he has these clones um that does all of his bidding and uh, he kidnaps this one kid who happens to be uh, the son of uh, this circus strong man played by a very young and very well-built uh, Ron Perlman. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so Ron Perlman uh, ends up befriending this in the process of finding his son, befriends this nine-year-old. I think it's a nine-year-old. Maybe she's a 12-year-old. I can't remember. In order to track down his son. And um, so, yeah. Just, I love the movie. Nice. You know, from a purely uh, production design uh, standpoint, um, Jean Pierre Genet he has this like thing of doing uh, some of these like sort of dystopian films, like uh, The Delicatessen and stuff like that. So, yeah. So anyway, it was a good, very great movie. Loved it. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it, but it's one I've heard about as well. So Jamais, as they say. Jamais. Joie de vivre, as they say in French. Game Paris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, kick off your top five. Oh, man. So my number five is Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice or Aunt Alice, 1969. It's uh, made pretty much by the same guy who did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Um, this one features, I know, Ruth Gordon, who, was, who won a supporting actress oscar for uh, I, I see it i'm trying to get uh, another oh my god mia farrow movie mia oh farrow. rosemary's baby thank you thank you i, I, was I like, thought you were talking about but I, sure. <laughs> I can't talk and uh it also has oh man i forget her name too now but she was actually pretty young like she may have been turning 40 at the time her co-star so, because it's really weird, because it's part of also like that hag exploitation thing. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, what it is is that you have this woman who she's used to living a kind of lavish lifestyle, even though technically, I mean, really, her house, which is like in the middle of Arizona in the desert, wasn't anything like that spectacular, and um. <laughs> And so she, her husband dies. Geraldine Page, that's who it is, because that's who I was looking for. Geraldine Page. And um, so Geraldine Page presents this rich woman. And so she, her husband leaves her basically with nothing. And in order to keep up her lifestyle, she ends up hiring like maids to come in. And she would kill them in order to take their money. And it's crazy because what she would do is she would bury their bodies on her property but she would put trees on top oh. of them on oh, their okay. graves and stuff like that so she does this for a long period of time and ruth gordon becomes the new maid that she ends up hiring and because ruth gordon is trying to figure out what happened to somebody she knew who worked for geraldine page and uh crazy stuff happens needless to say so i, I found it pretty enjoyable and there's a Oh my god, there's a twist at the end that makes you go like, damn, Geraldine Page, if only you <laughs> really paid attention. So 
it was good. I recommend that one as well. So try to find that one wherever you can, folks. All right. My number five is the oldest movie on my list. Going back to 1946. This is considered a real classic, but I had never seen it. And that is, and I did a previous episode on it. And that's, it's a wonderful life. Mm. I like how Josh says, it's a real classic. Mm. Listen, everyone mm-hmm. like, Chris, your classics don't count. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Based, um, on you. based on what I hear people talk about, It's a Wonderful Life is a big one that I've heard talked about yes. that I've never seen. Yeah. Well, you know, I still have not seen that one. I always heard about it, always know the famous parts of it, but I've still never seen it. Yeah, it's about uh, James Stewart. I'm trying to remember his name. George, George Bailey. I was wanting to say George Banks, and I was like, George Banks doesn't sound right. <laughs> George Bailey and it's going through his life as a bank man or a loan manager and how he's unhappy and of course eventually this the the angel comes and shows him what life is like without him and all that typical stuff but it's really heartwarming and I suggest I just suggest you watch it because I always went eh, I don't really care about that I don't want to see it I'd say the most unrealistic thing is that Jimmy Stewart plays him from like the age of 18 up like, well, oh wow! You're, you're not passing for 18 there, buddy. But yeah, yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, check out oh, check Jimmy out. Stewart. Jimmy, you check Jimmy out, Stewart. Uh, Life is beautiful. As well. With Roberto I Benigni. I think so. I just know I had a friend that one night watched that, and I came out of my room, and she was like sitting in the room, and she was like all the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> if I mean, you're talking about the one that takes place at like concentration camp. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Life is Beautiful. I was thinking that because I know everybody always cries when they watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh, well, it didn't have that effect on me. So. Oh, it didn't? Uh, That's uh, sad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chad, number four. Yes, number four. <laughs> yep. Also a classic film. It was the oldest on my list, too, 1944. Oh, I got sucked into watching this one night because Chris watched it. It's Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, man. Starring yeah, I have Carrie, that on my list here. <laughs> Carrie Grant. Um, go ahead, Chris. Summarize it real quick. Watch it. You brought it up first. <laughs> so you do it. Basically, it's about this guy who decides to tie the knot. And in the process of that, he learns that his aunts, both of them, are like habitual serial killers. And they hide the bodies like in their basement. And anyway, all kinds of craziness ensues. Well, hang on. There's some crazy shit that goes. Yeah, I'll explain it later then. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Chris. I'll explain it later (laughs) on my list. I'll save it. It'll come up on my list. There you go. It's even higher. Okay. Okay. I have not seen this one, so. It's a good movie. It is. It's a really, it's a great. It surprised me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my turn, right? Number four. Yeah, so my number four is Killer Party, 1986. Mm, I've uh, heard of this one, but I've never okay. seen it. So, okay, this was pretty crazy here. I did not expect the movie to be what it was. So this was another uh, Scream Factory release for Blu-ray, right? And I picked it up just because it happened to be that I think Scream Factory was doing a sale, their usual October sale, maybe. And I was like, well, let me pick this up and see what happens. I just thought maybe this was just going to be like maybe a random slasher film, but it's not just a slasher film. Uh, You have 
and you really get invested with these characters here. So you have these three girls, I think it was three girls, right? That are trying to get into a sorority, but they have to, you know, obviously do something in order to get into the sorority and all that stuff. Um, they had to go into this one house that was, I think, I think it was a fraternity house and it's closed off and everything because something bad happened in it. And I'm trying not to say too much because I don't want to give a whole lot away, but because they end up doing basically this prank and all that stuff, it stirs up trouble in this house where there's also going to be a party. Go figure. And, um, next thing you know, it's like, it takes a different twist you're like, what the crap is going on? So that like the last, I don't know, I would say maybe like the last 30 minutes or so is just wild. So I, uh, I was just pleasantly surprised and it's, I don't know. It's just one, now one of those favorite eighties horror movies for me now. I just can't, I don't know when it was done and over with, I was like, man, this is so good. <laughs> so I, I ended up enjoying it a lot. I, so I can't recommend it enough as well. So definitely check out Killer Party, nineteen eighty six. Nice. I've seen I've seen that around a lot, but I've never actually watched it. So that makes me think I should take the plunge. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number four. It's the most recent movie on my list because it came out just last year. So I don't know much about this as far as the release goes. I should say I don't know if it like had a major release this year and I actually shouldn't count this at all. But when I looked it up, it said 2021. So that's what I'm going with on this one, at least because it's not like some big mainstream movie. This is called the novice starring Isabel Furman. Is that how you say her name? Oh, the girl from yeah, Orphan. The girl from Orphan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes to this college and she joins this competitive rowing class. So like the boat rowing stuff. Mm-hmm. And this college takes a lot of prestige in their rowing. That's like what they're known for at this school. So it's very competitive. It's almost not like it's not soccer. It's women's it's rowing. Boring. It's women's <laughs> rowing. It's, it's the women's rowing team specifically that is. That's the, the big time. That's the big time at this one. But it's basically like whiplash, but with rowing instead of band. So. The, the, they're hard on her, but she's also even harder on herself. And of course, as you go through, you're finding out different stuff about her that it's kind of complicated because it makes you realize why she is the way she is on herself, but also mm-hmm. at the same time question why she is as hard as she is on herself. So you're getting both of them as it unfolds. And it was just, I was enthralled the whole time. So yeah, I would check it out. The novice. Man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Chad, I guess number three, this is the top three now, three? right? Yep. Wow. So my uh, number three spot is Guillermo uh, del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Basically, the story is you have this guy who is a grifter. And it's a right? remake, con too. Man. Yeah, it's a remake. Uh, grifter, con man kind of guy. kind of works his way up from being like a carny help hand, uh, helping hand, and becomes this like wildly successful, you know, psychic medium. Um, until he crosses paths with this uh, psychiatrist mm-hmm. who's like sort of hell bent on exposing him for who he is. And it's a sort of long 
it's game a drawn out process yeah, so, of, yeah. of exposing them and and anyway it gets I twisted. absolutely loved it like it's you know it's about hubris and folly and you know karma and you know things yeah, coming back around and things bite him on and, the ass big time yeah you know, it's one of those movies that just has a lot of layers to it like not just you know with the story itself but right. you know even in like the production design and well and the funny thing the is didn't ron perlman play the strong man in this one too did he play that i can't was remember. that him as the, that the strong been. man i'm sure that was him yeah that's pretty funny because uh there's like yeah you got ron perlman who's a del toro regular but you got kate blanchett you got rooney mara um bradley cooper oh bradley, bradley cooper, cooper thank you <laughs> tony collette uh yes ron perlman plays bruno so yeah that sounds like a strong man character so i mean there's a lot it's a great cast of people oh, it's got willem dafoe in it yes yeah yeah <laughs> Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenberg. Wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen this. Okay. Oh, man. You should. You it's should good. It like, it's a long movie, but yeah, yeah. It's, long, uh, it's worth it. But I've also decided, too, I want I want Kate Blanchett's fountain pen that she uses in the movie. Oh, okay. It's, it's a good, like uh, a dangerous weapon. Like, it, like a, you know, it's a yeah. double-functioning thing. Like, you could use it to write with, but you could also use it to, like, just subtly and... Um, what do you call it? Like daintily, like kill somebody with. <laughs> well, and it's a, it is a good noir film. That's what yeah, it is too. It's excellent. And it takes place in that time in that, period like 40s, where it 30s, was 40s, the yeah. noir stuff was going on, where it was a popular thing mm-hmm. in film. So it's a nice little homage to that too. And it's based on a book. Yeah. So well, there you go. Anybody who's uh, interested in that, there's a film, an old film, and then there's a book. And then for me, uh, going back to one of Chad's favorites, number three, Arsenic and Old Lace, 1944. Explain the points that I missed where I went from like A to G. No, you're good. There's no in between. So basically you have this guy who's a bachelor. He's getting ready to settle down with his girl. He's going to go tell his aunts who raised him. Uh, Like Chad said, these aunts are also killing people killing guys that they're bringing in basically old i think they're old men that they just bring in from the street who just need a home and all this stuff but they just also happen to have i think money on them too maybe Mm -hmm. i don't even think they're really killing them for the money it's just they're just killing them to be like uh this is a way to keep them from being lonely in life or something it's really weird yeah Um, but they're kooky aunts (laughs) they're very quirky and stuff like that and so in the process of him finding this out and he's trying to protect his aunts because he's like, what the, he's like, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he also, oh, by the way, the aunts also have this, I guess it's like a brother really to the guy, yeah. the, the main character. And I'm sorry, I forget his name right now. Um, but anyway, the guy is a little also cuckoo himself. He thinks that he's uh, Theodore, Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. So... <laughs> He always has to come out like blowing the the trumpet. The, the trumpet and everything. It's funny. And he's the guy that also takes care of the bodies, but he thinks what they're doing is a funeral. And that's even what the aunts have called it because they're calling it a funeral. But meanwhile, there's this other brother who's now coming to town, but he's sort of an evil brother. And he looked. <laughs> and so he looks like, oh man, what's his name from Frankenstein? Carl. Uh, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And, I, and, the, his, and here's the funny part. This is why I'm <laughs> laughing. 
because it's based on a stage play, right? Boris Karloff played the role and in the the show and in the movie they say because the, the brother ended up getting facial surgery so they're sitting there like man he looks like Boris Karloff <laughs> so you can imagine Boris Karloff hearing that comment on the stage anyway but the guy is played different um, by Carl Malden Carl Malden in this right. one yeah. so he just plays this creepy dude that does look like Boris Karloff and he's uh, trying to basically hide from authorities because he just got out of the loony bin. Was He's it got... Carl Malden or Raymond Massey? Oh, I thought it was Carl Malden for sure. Yeah, Raymond Massey plays Jonathan Brewster. Okay, yeah. I'm not seeing that's, Carl Malden's name. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, it Raymond is Raymond Massey. Massey. Yeah. It's Raymond Massey, my bad. And so, uh, meanwhile, he's also got this guy who's like a doctor who does his his surgeries for him as well. And oh man, it's just it, and it all is in one location. It's yeah. all basically in this house, house, this yeah. creepy house of the ants' house. And there's so much going on, and you really do feel like you're seeing a stage play, but yeah. it's done in a cinematic way. It's yeah. really well thought out. Great. Um, a great movie also for like the Halloween time. Cause that's when I watched it. It was part of my Halloween marathon. I cannot recommend this one enough. It, yeah. And it's become one of my favorite movies now. Like I just the, absolutely the love old, it. Like, fight climax scene at the end. <laughs> just wild. Yes. Oh man. And the police, like that one policeman, he's like, Oh, I'm writing my stage play. Yeah. And cause, uh, cause the uh, main Brewster guy is a writer. He's a writer. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was, it's some it's some funny shit for and for 1944 well done yeah and i just looked up it's directed by frank capra who did it's a wonderful life so there you go go. oh (laughs) nice connection there right yeah exactly all right as for my number three going to 2018 this is a western anthology directed by the coen brothers the ballad of buster scruggs Mm. i've heard of that one but i've never seen that that. yeah. yeah Well, it's sitting on Netflix, ready to be watched, so I suggest you give it a shot. I will say, it's an anthology, so it's a mixed bag, as all anthologies seem to be. There's one that's a little slow, and I don't care for it all. I like all of them pretty well. But the opening, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs with Tim Blake Nelson, if it was just that, that opening 15 to 18 minutes, that's the best thing I've watched in probably the last 20 years. Damn. I fucking love that opening set. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the rest of these, this would easily be number one. It could be number one, like I say, for the last twenty years. I I've watched that opening Ooh. segment probably five or six times this year. Oh, Just that opening fifteen to twenty minutes. See, that says a lot on your part, Josh. When you're saying like that's like the best thing you've seen in like twenty years. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. My wife will walk in. She's like, "You're watching this again," and I, and it's just that one segment. I just watched the opening ballad, but I don't watch the whole movie every time. But that opening one, yeah, I've watched that five, six, seven times. I showed that one to my father-in-law when he was in town. Wow, <laughs> so that's it, pretty cool, Josh. Yeah, I, I, and it's weird because I'm not really a big musical guy, but the opening segment has him singing songs. And they'll get you into it. It's got Clancy Brown in the scene, in a scene with him. That is some of the most fantastic. I don't want to say what happens. You got to go check it out. <laughs> like I said, it's sitting on Netflix ready to be watched. Just, it couldn't be any more accessible than it is. Well, it's definitely on your list probably still, right? I don't. I mean, I don't keep it on the list because I, I know that if I want to watch it, I'll just search it up. 
because I have an extensive list. I don't need to crowd it with that. But like I said, I've gone and watched it at minimum five times, but I think more than that. Well, you hear it, folks. If the main man, Josh, says it's good, you got to go see it. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. All right, Chad, number two. We're getting there. All right, so um, I feel like I had to have some sort of like sappy movie on here. So it was a movie that we actually did an episode on earlier in the year. Um, it's When Harry Met Sally. Oh, 1989. that's a good one. You know, basic story is you have these two people that they sort of they well they were never really friends to start out with yeah, they just kind of acquaint, acquaintances other. with each other yeah. and they both moved to new york city um you know and upon graduating from college right yeah. and you know they just sort of just like um you know run into each other periodically throughout the years throughout their career throughout their lives in new york and they end up becoming like really close friends, but in that process, they fall in love with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it sort of creates some tension there because, you know, both of them have had some complicated relationships and, you know, they're like, they don't want to take that chance with each other. And yep. um, so anyway, yeah, there he gives that whole big, you know, memorable speech at the end where he's like, I love the way that you, yeah. you know, do this, what, you know, so yeah. Anyway, it was a great movie. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. So I yeah, I mean, the only reason it's not on my list is because I happened to watch it the year before. If yeah. I had, if this would have been a first time watch, it would have been made the list. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But I mean, yeah. you know, before the before this, like the only thing I really knew about the movie was like the famous orgasm scene oh, yeah. that uh, yeah. Meg Ryan does in the in the diner. Which, by the Which, way, I won for my- anyone interested. Go check out our episode where we recreate that diner scene. (laughs) Wherein Chris wins, dominates the competition. So anyway, yeah. When Harry Mm. Met Sally, 1989. I'm sure you can still find it on Netflix or something. Um, Yeah, that I'm not sure we're streaming. But yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen When Harry Met Sally, check it out. Yep. Uh, For me, my number two, I picked uh, the 1941 Little Foxes. Uh, with Betty Davis in it as well. And she plays perhaps what I now consider probably one of the greatest screen villains from this movie ever. Basically, you have this old-time Southern family um, where she and her two brothers, they want to put their money into... Some and something big that's going to make them even more rich, right? It's supposed to also bring in all this labor jobs for their town that they're in, supposedly, but also do it where they're not paying the workers necessarily a whole lot of money, you know, kind of like the corporate shit we know today. But meanwhile, she is married to, and what they really depend on is her husband's money. Um, but he's ill. And he has been living out of state and all that. So they don't necessarily have a very loving relationship. But meanwhile, you got her daughter, uh, who's played by Teresa Wright. And um, they bring in the husband and all that stuff. And she's trying to convince him. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. Blah, blah, blah. Some sneaky, crazy shit goes on. I will say that. Um, 
Betty Davis with what her character does in this film. Oh, man, it just I don't know. It'll boil you. It'll boil you. And uh, the consequences of it is well worth it, too. So I don't I cannot recommend this one enough as well. This one is another film that has climbed up, I think, along with Arsenic and Old Lace is one of my favorite films of all time. So it just it did it like that for me. It was so good, but I cannot stress enough. Uh, you see the movie that villain that um, Betty Davis plays Regina. She will become one of your biggest screen villains of all time. So can't recommend it enough. But check it out. I saw it on Prime, okay. I believe. So hopefully warner if you're listening warner brothers <laughs> warner archive please release this movie on blu-ray immediately we've been needing it um because i want it in my collection so yeah there you go that's big praise chris the lovely here thank you thank you <laughs> my number two 1991 a movie called clear cut i'm pretty sure this came out as part of that Severin full core box set, if I'm not mistaken. That's not how I saw it. I saw it on... I had never heard of it. It came on Shudder. I heard it getting a little bit of praise on another podcast I was listening to, so I took a chance, and holy hell. So it stars Graham Greene, which he's been in a ton of stuff. I think a lot of people know him as Jacob's dad from the Twilight franchise. He played Jacob's dad and that. But he's been in a ton of stuff, but... It's about this, uh, the guy's name's Ron Leah, Ron Lay, I don't remember, I don't know if I know him from anything else, but he plays this lawyer, and he goes on to this, well, in this movie, it's all Indian, 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 because they're trying to push that defamatory terms, however you want, derogatory uh, terms, so okay. they're on Native American lands, they're trying to cut trees down so they can build factories. And this guy, this this white lawyer, you think yeah, it's gonna go, lawyer. yeah, you you think it's gonna go into this almost like white savior thing because he's a lawyer. Oh, I'm gonna protect you. Well, he ends up losing the lawsuit, and he's having this. He's he's angry. He's lost. He's gonna have to appeal. And he makes this comment about he would do whatever it takes to to fix this, including basically killing this mayor guy who's wanting these factories to come. And Graham Greene hears this, and he takes him hostage, and they go out, and he says, you said you're willing to do this. You're going to prove it. And it just goes Damn. from there, and it ramps up. I'm not going to go too far into that, though. I guess that I, makes I, sense with why they call it clear cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> it's highly worth a watch. As I said, I watched it on Shudder. I watched it again just about a week ago, so it's still on Shudder. So, yeah, check it out. Well worth, well worth your time. That, that sounds good, too. It is. It is. It's very good. Well, I guess we're now finally number one. Number, number one. one. So, Chad, blow our minds away. What is number Don't one? Don't be leaning on me for that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm probably uh, probably gonna let a lot of people down. No, Thor: The I'll Dark have, World. Uh, a lot of. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Or Thor: uh, Love and Thunder, right? Love and Thunder. Uh, um, well, that's uh, this year, so I couldn't put that. I couldn't say that. That's true. That's true. Uh, no, but it is a superhero movie. It is a Marvel movie. Oh, and man. it's Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, that's... So, yeah, that's a good one. I it's can't such a good entry. Yeah. It's probably the best Spider-Man film yep. that we've had. And that's um, crazy, because like 
Into the Spider-Verse was so good. Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse was so good. Man. But uh, No Way Home was was excellent. Um, You know, it had had everything in it that it i would does. want from a from a spider-man movie uh and from a good just a good well-written story um and this one like it's such a good wrap-up for mm-hmm. the previous spider-man movies and it i'm not kidding this will make you need to pull out the tissues yeah because this would this will make you cry as well it was that good just and like stupid superhero movies. I, did, I, I watched it. I didn't cry. I'm not arguing this is not a good movie. It is a good movie. Chad, my only pushback to you is this movie only came out with like two weeks to end the year last year anyway. I think most people saw it this year. <laughs> well, I saw it this year. And, that's and the therefore it counts. It, it, counts. Counts. it counts. I don't give a shit about what other people think. That's true. It's a, it's a first time watch discovery it is, there. It is Chad. a first time watch for me. Yeah. So I don't blame you. It's good. I, I, I told you I was going to get some groans and eye rolls. But you know what? I don't care. I'm a disruptor, as they say in the <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Loner. That's all right. That's I'm your number one, too? You're so crazy. No. No, no. My number one is Tenebrae, 1982. Oh, wow. Because okay. uh, I always heard about this movie. Yeah. Always knew it was out there. But I, had, after all these years, had never, ever seen it until I bought that special 4K edition that they came out with. I was, I don't know. I guess you could say I was pretty blown away by it because I can now understand why people have always said good things about this movie and why it was just always such a, I guess part of like, cause I mean, it was early eighties, but it's part of like the eighties horror canon, Italian horror, giallo horror. So I can see why people praise this movie. Um, it was certainly different. It didn't, I, I didn't expect it to go the way that it went as well. Like, cause usually with giallo films, like whoever turns out to be the murderer is usually some someone you least expect. Like it, you would have like this cast of characters that take up the screen time, but then suddenly it's like, oh, but wait a minute, it was actually the janitor that was off to the left or something that did all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who had like maybe one minor part of of everything. But this one, you you can actually kind of guess who the serial killer is, but then it's not really totally confirmed until it really gets to that ending part. And you're, you find out what was going on for that. What was his motive? And you're just like, Holy shit. And then there's just like these little extra things that happen that you're like, what the crap? This is taking things a little far. Like what is going on? But it's, uh, it was so well done. I can see why people love it basically. And so I end up loving it too. It was really good. It's, uh, uh, Argento, uh, yep. I think, did the film. So, oh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely one of his best. It, it's a good one. I have not seen Tenebrae. In fact, the only, I did watch Phen- Phenomena for the first time this year. Oh, Phenomena was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> that talk about wacky. That was wacky. That was wacky. <laughs> wacky. It was wacky. Wiki wacky bowl. Wiki wacky bowl. All right, my number one. Yeah, I mean, this. I mentioned it. We. This is an episode that. I did a few months back, and I said on the episode it would probably be my favorite of the year, and it stuck with it. 1971, Harold and Maude. Oh, mm. so good, too. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I I even say on the episode Ruth I didn't Gordon. know what. Yeah, Ruth Ruth Gordon, Gordon. return of Ruth Gordon to the list. Yes, she closes out the list. I could, I just, I, I didn't under, I didn't know what I was getting into, so I didn't know what the movie was about, which I think made it even better. Man, the that's performances so good. I, great. I'm so surprised because I saw it a long time ago. I got it from like the Criterion, one of the Criterion uh, collections, I believe. But I, for some reason, I kept thinking maybe you've seen it too a long time ago. Maybe you just didn't like it. But I am glad to hear that you thoroughly enjoyed this one. And to make it your number one is a very huge deal. Oh, yeah. This this was automatic, a five-star movie from the first watch. So <laughs> Love it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I couldn't believe how good it was. It tells you that a certain ending is coming, and yet because I'm preconditioned to movies nowadays that wouldn't be bold enough to do it, yeah. I didn't see it was going to actually go there, and it does go there. Mm. And I was like, oh! So yeah, go check out that previous episode as well. So talk about it on there. Harold and Maude. That's it, guys. We've done it. Woo! Chad, this may catch you off guard. And Chris, maybe you too. Did you have any that almost made it? Chris, you oh have plenty gosh. from your horathon. Who knows? Probably, but you know what? I can't think of anything. I didn't write like honorable mentions thing for this one, so I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Because I wrote but down. Those were, I was looking through Letterboxd, and for some reason, those were the ones that really popped out to me the most. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with this list. This sounds really okay. good. I, but I am pretty- glad that I added some of the. Sorry, sorry. I know I cut you off there, but I'm glad I added some of the <laughs> classic cinema stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. Makes for a very anything else to add, Chris, that. before Josh continues. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, Chad, you're an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I almost put on Blow. Chad's Ooh. pick, The Road, was really good. Chris, your pick of that one that blew out the competition, My Cousin Vinny, The Birdcage, oh. Chef. Chris, I watched Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 for the first time this year. Oh, I almost put that oh on this list. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. See, yeah. that's another one that needs a special Blu-ray mm-hmm. treatment, too. So people were wanting that badly. The Dirty Dozen almost made my list. Classic war movie. Lee Marvin. Young Charles Bronson. And Swallow. Have you guys heard of Swallow? About the girl who develops Pika? Pika? Mm-hmm. No, but I remember you mentioning this to me at some point. Yeah, when a girl gets pregnant and she wants to just eat random shit. Like it's it's a real thing that apparently mm-hmm. some pregnant women can get, but it goes further than that. So it it was really good. So yeah, just wanted to at least briefly mention those. But yeah, those right. are some good titles though. Yeah, that's where that movie Feed Me. Right? Was that the one? <laughs> 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 you had to go there, Chad. Is there something else you want to go with before Josh says anything else? Uh, <laughs> but Chris, why don't you tell people where they can find you? You know, your Instagram, your Tweety Box. Yeah, let's get out of your hands. Oh, so you're ready to wrap this up? Okay. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, so outside the podcast universe, you can find me on Instagram at XTofer of Oz, and you can find me on Twitter at cbc monkey and then you find me on letterbox by just following chad and josh and then i have my only fans page that i just started (laughs) (laughs) where it has 18 plus content so just be aware and for a low price of 25 cents a month (laughs) (laughs) that's how chris thinks he's worth (laughs) chris is cheap (laughs) 
There you oh, go. Chad, you, get, you get your money's worth out of it, I guess. Chad, you have hey, an OnlyFeet page. I that's I right. Do have an OnlyFeet page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these days, I'm nowhere to be found except for really on Letterboxd. Uh, you find me at Green Screen Grin if you so desire. Um, I don't really write anything on there. I just put stars up because I mean I'm a minimalist these days. I don't really have anything to say unless it's worth saying yeah but i still i still like just seeing what people even if it's just a rating that necessarily have to be a review i like to see what it is they I know but people look at mine they're like what the fuck <laughs> oh don't worry i do stars on mine too i don't really write anything on mine which i'm surprised because normally you have thoughts and opinions that matter i know but i save them for the show in case we ever bring them up oh that's true there you go hear me out on here yeah you can most active on Twitter, YNF Movie Pod. It's the easiest thing to do. You want to look for other stuff? Linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. That'll have everything. That, including that, the spicy pages. Yes, including. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to put a link to Chris's OnlyFans page for 25 cents a month on there for you guys. <laughs> and Chad's <laughs> wiki feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you then.